My guess is if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're likely at home, hopefully curled up on a couch or a chair or something like that. And that home is the subject of today's podcast. So listen in and enjoy to this particularly relevant Authentic Avenue. Parachute Home, a market leader in bringing comfort to where you live and now increasingly where you work and do everything else. I previously did a podcast with their first ever hire, Luke Durlay, and now I get to chat with the person who made that hire. Ariel Kay is their founder and CEO, and since 2014, she led the what was at first a betting company into all things around your home, once again, to make it more comfortable. Today, we talk about how she continues to make great hires like Luke, as well as what she's witnessed over the last year and her anticipation for what's yet to come in the world of the home. It being a betting company, I also ask her what keeps her up at night, as well as her thoughts on authenticity, mentorship, and what to add to a registry if you're getting married. I enjoyed this because if you're like me, you have looked for literally anything you can find to bring comfort to yourself over the last year. And my guess is that desire is not going away anytime soon. Ariel knows that and has built a business around it. And today she gets to share that spirit with me, a spirit that now I'm sharing with you. So sit back, relax. You know what? Throw on a robe. After all, it's the new blazer. And listen in as I get real with Parachute and Ariel K. Hey, Ariel, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm glad to talk to you because, gosh, you must have had a crazy last year. I mean, everybody being at home and now, I, I would assume that coming out of this last one year period, everybody's got a, a fantastically upgraded home experience in part thanks to you. Um, and I do have a little bit of history with Parachute, but before I talk about that, just for our listeners who haven't um, bought everything they need to through you, could you let me know and let us know what Parachute is and does? Sure. So we are a home lifestyle brand. I started Parachute in 2014 and we, as a betting brand, and today we really create and make and develop and design products that are for every room in the home. Uh, Comfort is is really core to everything that we do. So we really believe in creating a more comfortable life at home. Well, gosh, I can I can relate to that for sure. Um, that was something comfort that I sought so strongly last year, as did so many others, and frankly, still doing it this year. But my history with parachute goes on prior to even last year, because I've done this for many years. This podcasting with uh, leaders of fantastic brands to learn about authenticity, and one of those folks that I interviewed was a gentleman by the name of Luke Drulay. Now he told me that he was the first hire to parachute, but uh, if this is now the second time I'm able to come back to the brand, it's nice to have you uh, join our ranks. So, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Um, so when I talked to Luke, and I know that he's now moved on, he had a fantastic story about what you all were doing in terms of building authentic community. What I want to know first is the way in which you seek to build talent around the team. What are those Luke-like qualities in people that you look for when building the best, next, and greatest parachuters? Uh, we're looking for people that are really passionate, um, passionate about the brand, passionate about their interests, passionate about the work that they do every day. And I would say one of the qualities that I look for the most is just flexibility. At a startup, um, you're constantly growing and evolving. The needs are changing. Um, you're often pulled in different directions. 
being able to evolve and iterate and grow quickly is often the name of the game. So people that just are very comfortable with being flexible and um, are excited about the journey that you're on. Well, I know that you've had to be excited about this journey to have founded the company from the very beginning. But I also know that simply following a passion can sometimes result in uh, not finding the most profitable or successful journey through life. And the reason why I say that is because a professor at your alma mater, NYU, and specifically Stern, Professor Scott Galloway says that all the time. And you mentioned flexibility as a great trait for somebody on your team. How do you and how have you effectively balanced that passion with flexibility over the years? Well, I think at, at Parachute, you know, there's a few things that we really focus on. Um, so one is being a customer first business and really focusing on how we can create the best experience for the customer from end to end. And so as we create processes, as we create products, as we create experiences, um, we're always thinking about the customer first. And so that that as our guiding light helps us make decisions, prioritize, think about you know, how we should be developing and growing um, so that we can grow with our customer and that our customer doesn't grow out of us. Well, yeah, you definitely want to make sure of that. And that's why I'm guessing you've expanded beyond just betting. Is that what you were hearing from consumers that allowed you to open up that product portfolio or were there other factors at play? Well, that was always the vision. So I started Parachute as a betting brand because I believed that that was a really intimate part of the home and a place where we could really build trust as we were um, impacting someone's sleep experience. So if um, if I was able to help transform a customer's sleep experience, I believe that they would then trust and become loyal to the brand as we expanded into natural extensions. Um, we've taken an approach as a brand, as a lifestyle brand, um, to really open up our assortment. And um, and yes, we definitely get that demand from our customers and get requests. Um, and we we have, you know, really great um, processes for collecting and making sure feedback goes to the right people on our team so that we can then in turn create products that our customers are looking for. But, um, you know, some brands focus on one singular product. We've definitely taken a wider approach. Yeah, that was part of that. That was actually most of the conversation that I had with Luke way back when was within building that authentic community. It's like, well, does that does that influence other pieces of the business? And the answer was, of course, yes. And so I'm, I'm glad to know that that is at least playing part of it. And I have to imagine over the last year, it, it, it maybe played an, an outweighed piece of this. I want to go back to that flexibility because lots of things changed about last year, not just the increased desire for comfort everywhere it could be found, but also the way in which people lived and worked. For you, as you were building the business through this, what was the biggest hmm, what was the biggest area of inflexibility that you had to sort of force through? Um, that's a good question. I mean, there was a lot that was out of our control over the past year, year and a half. Um, and so, you know, there are there are certain limitations, I would say, to um to, to being able to control things um, when there's a global pandemic. So, um, you know, we had to get creative and be opportunistic and see how we could look at problems as opportunities and, and shift and change and um, just be really nimble. But, um, you know, there were, there are a number of things, you know, if there's a container shortage or a delay in shipping because people can't go to work, I mean, you know, these things create um, a, a significant ripple effect in, in many businesses. So um, I think, you know, the biggest learning is um, to always communicate and over-communicate um, when 
things get tricky. But, you know, for the most part, we were really lucky over the past year and a half. Um, our relationships with our manufacturers and, um, you know, allowed us to have very um, little disruption. And, um, you know, we were able to really keep keep the wheels moving. Yeah, well, that was uh, top of mind, of course, for so many people to figure out how in the heck to move on. That's a personal journey that I went through. The whole reason I'm doing this current iteration of the podcast world that I embody is because of big changes that happened last year. And so I always like to ask that because I feel like everybody has their individual and unique pain points. Now, people are starting very, very slowly to return to work. And yes, these variants abound, but vaccinations are also on the rise. And in the meantime, people have been upgrading their homes, hopefully through parachute, to make it a lot more comfortable and to make it a multi-purpose area as opposed to just the living space that maybe it was in 2019 and prior. When people come back to the office, of course, they'll spend less time at home. But my take is that they'll want to keep that same standard of living when they're there. Have you experienced that same uh, that same notion amongst the consumer behavior that you've witnessed? I guess what I'm asking broadly is that how do you believe that the uh, effects of the last year uh, have uh, have affected the world of home consumption? Yeah, I mean, I think home is is really a, the center of um, activity at this point, and um, you know, I really I don't see that changing. Um, you know, we saw really a really big and quick shift in consumer be- in behavior and then also just like in terms of mindset about what our homes can do and how they can provide for us. So, you know, our home, like you said, you know, all of a sudden was not just a place to lounge or to hang out after work or in the mornings or on the weekends. It became the place that we worked and we worked out and we um, were entertained and where, you know, we had to have childcare. I mean, there was so much that was happening within the four walls of our home in such a different way. Um, you know, I think the future of work is not going to look like the way it looked pre-pandemic. I think most companies will um, will try to make some sort of hybrid model um, work because people have really, I think, benefited from the flexibility and the optionality that they get from spending time at home and being able to be remote. And, um, you know, we've also seen a significant migration of city dwellers to the suburbs. Um, and so that has, you know, created a lasting impact, um, where people just have more space. Um, but I think this, like, you know, at Parachute, we talk about these like moments in time and these big consumer shifts. And um, you've seen it around wellness now for quite some time. And there's been brands that have really been catalysts of that. And, you know, we really view ourselves at this, as this catalyst for comfort and for um, for being comfortable within the home. And so I don't see, I don't see that slowing down. Um, and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> well, so am I. And it's not that I have had really an, an in-office life, even for the last few years. Truth be told, the last time that I worked in an office was June of 2018. So actually, you know, nearly two years prior to the to the COVID wave really slamming the U.S. in March of 20. But my fiance, who's working right across the wall from me right now, is currently in that hybrid world and has absolutely made the upgrades here at home that she does not want to trade off of in a five-day back-at-work scenario. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. 
I'm going to return to, to the story of, of my fiance towards the end of this, because I do have some personal advice to ask for you as it relates to parachutes offerings. But in the meantime, I have lived here at home basically for the last three years. And I think of a quote that you gave uh, in Forbes, actually, back in, Mar- back in March to Jeff Frum, which I have resonated with a lot and which I don't embody as much as I should, which is that the robe is the new blazer. I've never heard that before. I haven't actually even done a full day in a robe and we're here on audio only. So we could both be enjoying that right now, but maybe we are, maybe we aren't. What other insights and comparisons like that have you noticed crop up over the last year? The robe is the new blazer. What else is the new what else? Uh, That's a good question. The gym is the new garage. I mean, the garage is the new gym. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's you know, Netflix is the new movie theater. Um, there's a number of, I mean, I think within the home, if you look around, like I said, there's, there's just, these spaces are having to serve many different purposes. And I think we're, you know, the guest room is the new office. <laughs> and, um, I don't know if that's as specific as you were hoping for, but I do think that there's, um, you know, we've just seen this, like, um, the shift at this, um, you know, creativity, um, in order to kind of figure things out, you know, around the home and, and with different products. Well, actually that's the perfect comparison, what you were making there, because you were going through different areas of the home and explaining how they are now the new insert multi-purpose area here. Um, we're hosting a few folks coming in later this summer and they're going to stay in the spare bedroom in our apartment, which is my office. I mean, you nailed it right there. I don't have a garage, but if I did, I'd probably throw some weights in there. That would be where I'd work out, um, you know, especially in the wintertime. I could stay inside. So I get that completely. And do those passing thoughts also have an impact on the product areas in which you seek to expand going forward? Not that Parachute will get into like the weightlifting business, but I'm curious if those insights have also colored where you plan to go. Yeah, we've absolutely started thinking about, you know, how can our products um, help people in their home offices and what products would make sense for our assortment um, until you'll have to wait and see what that looks like. Um, You don't have to wait too long because it'll happen this fall. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely products and things that we think about constantly. I mean, we're always thinking about what's happening contextually in the world around us in terms of what our customers need and how we can continue to add value in their lives. And so um, certainly we've spent a lot of time, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic to think about, you know, how can we continue to support our community? Um, We also, I mean, you mentioned my what I wish was even a more famous quote around robes because I think it's true. Um, I can make but, it the title of this podcast, right? Man, we we could get it there. All right, we'll do I it. I mean, I you know I think it's it always resonates when I say it, so um, people get a good chuckle out of it. But you know, we last fall we ended up accelerating a number of robe launches and colors and things that we had planned for the following spring um, because we were just seeing this um, you know heightened demand, and so. You know, we we definitely try to be as nimble and um, as quick to introduce products that make sense for our customers in that moment as we can, given we, you know, we do have a considerable lead time. So things don't happen as fast as we always would like, but um, we try to move fast um, for that purpose. Well, meeting people where they are is certainly a best in class strategy, pretty much no matter what you do. And it is a common trait among those leaders and businesses who appear here because our focus is 
being as authentic as you can. And right now, like that, that the the word home can mean so many different things, and and not just it's it's my office and it's where I sleep, it's where my eat, it's where I eat. I mean, it it is a, it even more so a central pillar than it than it ever was. Yeah, I'll give you another example of how we've done that. I mean, we have today we have twelve retail stores, um, but you know, we at the beginning of the pandemic realized while our stores were closed that when our stores did reopen, um, you know, people might prefer to buy online and pick up in store or they might prefer curbside pickup. Um, And so, you know, these were services that we had on the roadmap, but we accelerated them in order to make sure that they were ready for the time that our stores reopened so that we could be mindful of how customers, you know, might feel comfortable and how they might prefer to shop once our stores were able to reopen. So, you know, I think really thinking about the customer and like I said, putting the customer first, um, you know, it might not be always the easiest path forward, but it's certainly the path that um, will be most memorable and will provide, you know, a, a better experience. And I think that pays off in the long run. I agree. As long as you're willing to to make that trade off, you know, those those short term, maybe profitable areas, if you could trade them off for that longer term experience, I, I, I have witnessed and heard so many times that, that that's always the better road. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes it is the road less taken, but it is the better one to be on. Now, I must ask here, because I'd like to ask everybody when, within these interviews, I focus on this A word so much, authenticity. Everybody's got a different definition for it. There are infinite manifestations of it. And I'm curious what it means to you. So if you don't mind, if you had to define that word, like if I flipped open Ariel's dictionary and authentic, where authenticity is on page 10, what does it say? That's a good question. I mean, I think so much um, of what we try to do is to create a brand that is authentic to parachute. Um, you know, the first word that comes to mind is is really genuine. I think like when you're authentic, you're really genuine, you're true to yourself. And for me as a founder, um, I think it manifests in the way that I listened um, to my instincts and I trust my gut. Um, I think that's one of my superpowers. <laughs> um, I really lead um, lead in that way. And it's, you know, proven to be often, um, I would say 99% of the time, um, the right decisions are the ones that I intuitively feel and I can trust my gut on. Um, and so to me, that is a way of continuing to be authentic to who I am as a person, as an individual, as a leader. Um, and, um, and yeah, I think it's, it's one of the, the most important things that you can do personally and as an organization. Yeah, that is certainly interesting. I'm I'm glad that you gave me that. I I wish I should probably compile some sort of dictionary like that with all the responses that I get because I really haven't even heard one like that. Like I said, everything everything is is unique. And these learnings that you've picked up and that you're now sharing with me are not exclusive to this podcast and they're not even exclusive to your own business. I said earlier that people are saying that their home is used for so many different things and they think of that word differently. I know that you have as well the Homes for Dreams initiative that you've done, which is to help other businesses on their path. And the reason that I focused on it was because uh, it it involves personal mentorship time with you and uh, an accelerator. Could you explain that a little bit? Because I think that's one of the most authentic ways that leaders can be spreading their messages to help others. Sure. So um, when I was getting parachuted off the ground. I joined an accelerator program in Los Angeles and that experience was really transformative for me. It helped me find um, a community. It helped me 
um, get introduced to investors who ended up investing in our initial seed round. It helped me feel less alone and crazy and on an island of one, which is a very common feeling that you can have as a sole founder. Um, and I found myself, um, you know, over the past few years thinking about that experience often and how I could in turn um, give back. And we've been talking about um, creating some sort of mentorship program and, and what that would mean for us, for myself and our team. And um, this past year launched the Homes for Dreams initiative, which is a mentorship program to support Black-owned businesses. Um, and it provides a grant as well as six months of mentorship time with our entire team and uh, biweekly calls um, or Zooms with me and um, access to the parachute community and um, you know promotion through our marketing channels. And it's been such a great experience, um, I think, for our team as a whole as well for Taylor, who's the founder of Nomads, which is a size-inclusive swimmer brand. Um, but you know, I think being able to put on that mentorship hat and um, think about all the things that we've learned at Parachute and how we can apply them um, to other people's businesses is is such a incredible gift to be able to pass on. And also there's so much learning that you get um, reciprocally um, through mentorship. So um, I've had such great conversations with Taylor and have learned myself along the way. And um, this is a program that we're going to be continuing on um, every six months. Um, we'll have another uh, company join um, the program and um, we're really excited about it. Yeah, I love those sorts of things. And, and and listeners, if you're interested in this sort of thing, you could check that out right there on their blog and and check out the story of Taylor Long and, and her organization as well. That's nomadswimwear.com. You can listen for more uh, and, and read more about it. And uh, yeah, and if you if you apply, you know, see if you can get this mentorship time yourself with Ariel, because I know as a solo founder myself, and granted for less time than you, Ariel, I've done this for maybe a year now, um, that kind of thing is invaluable. So I really appreciate the fact that you are doing it for others. Um, we need to help each other out, especially uh, especially right now. Now, I want to ask a couple more questions about the path forward and then one question just for me. But the first, and I suppose in the spirit of you starting out as a betting company, I need to ask you these days, what keeps you up at night? Well, sometimes it's my seven-month-old baby, okay. um, and sometimes it's really thinking about the future. Um, you know, I'm so proud of our team and how far we've come, and we built, you know, really a remarkable business, um, and we have such an incredible team, but um, there's a lot of really big, exciting opportunities on the horizon, and, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time up at night thinking about culture, um, thinking about how to protect our culture um, as we grow and as we continue to hire people, especially right now, since we aren't getting that FaceTime um, that you get in an office and how to preserve that culture in a digital environment, which is so difficult and so different. Um, but, you know, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about our team um, and how to continue creating an environment that is wonderful to be a part of, um, one that fosters creativity and learning and development and career building. And, um, you know, I just really believe that, you know, there's, there's nothing, you're nothing without the team. So that's what I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, and then also, you know, I, you know, leading up to a launch or leading up to, one of our two sales a year, Memorial Day or Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I mean, there's always these kind of nerves around um, 
around those moments. And, um, you know, I would just lastly say like, you know, right now (laughs) I'm thinking a lot about what the world looks like in the next six to 12 months and, um, and how we can get back to some sort of, um, place where everyone can, can work together and be safe and maybe even go back to an office and, uh, do all that stuff. So thinking about that a lot. (laughs) Me too. I'm thinking a lot about, Hey, actually, you know what I'm thinking a lot about? I'm thinking a lot about homes. I'm thinking in the next year, I might actually go out and get a house. Uh, I don't know if where I currently am is the best market for that. I live in the DC area and houses are like, all right, you want a house? Here's a couple million dollars. And then maybe you get in, maybe you don't. But I am thinking about that as well. And so this leads to my penultimate question. This is one just for me. I mentioned earlier my fiance working across the other wall here in the other spare bedroom, which is our other office. And um, the reason I ask about her is because we're getting married in October. And I don't want you to give away anything of what you're currently doing that we cannot see on Parachute's website. But uh, maybe if I wanted to add a little extra something to my registry, what what, what should I do? Well, I think... Starting fresh with new sheets and new towels as a married couple is a really important part of, you know, just building a future together. Um, may sound silly, but I just think that fresh, you know, new products um, are just really special and they they feel amazing and it's a great way to, to kick off life um, as a married couple. So I would say I would get um, some either percale or our brush cotton. Um, sheets and I would get a bath bundle, which is just includes all the things you might need in our soft ribbed collection. Um, it's kind of new and one of my absolute favorites. Um, and then I would stay tuned for September and October because we've got some really big, exciting products launching. Well, that is extremely timely, selfishly for me. And uh, yeah, I'll go. I, I'll go look at that. It's not surprising that much of the soft rib collection is sold out on parachute. Very, very popular <laughs> It'll be back stuff. Soon. Yeah. Well, good. 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 Now, in the meantime, here's something which you could help me with right now. It's my final question of the day. It's kind of our advice column. I ask it to most people, but as I mentioned before, that word authenticity has infinite definitions, infinite manifestations, and also infinite opportunities for advice. So I'll round out with this. Since many of our listeners are hoping to emulate journeys like yours themselves and always seeking to find out what is authentic to them, how would you advise that they carve their own paths to authenticity or rather their own authentic avenue? Um, I think it's sort of what I touched on before, not to repeat, but um, I think it's really about listening to yourself. I mean, I think what I found... um, or what I continue to find all the time is that people have a lot of opinions and it's so important to have a solid network of, um, people to turn to, to ask for advice, um, mentors, friends, you know, other founders, people who have been in this journey and have, you know, experienced the highs and lows, um, to be able to kind of learn from. But, um, I think at the end of the day, in order to pave your most authentic path, you have to do what feels right for you. And so, um, while it's tempting to um, to look at what other people do and try to emulate other people's journeys, I think the best journey is the one that you're on. And that's, um, you got to stay true to that. Well, hey, that's timeless advice. I really appreciate that. And hey, I appreciate learning more from you, not only about what you've learned over the last year, but a little bit about what keeps you up at night. And, and I do look forward to everything that you have launching very soon. For what you could provide in this half hour, I really appreciate it. And Ariel, thank you so much for joining the show. My pleasure. I resonate with this story and this spirit so much. Not that I'm an entrepreneur in home products, 
but as a solo founder, I see a lot of where she's coming from, and it takes a lot to simply carve your own path regardless of what you look around and see others doing. If you can do that, hopefully you'll be on the path to something great and, of course, something authentic. Thanks to you, Ariel, for joining, and thanks to the listener for tuning in. Here's where else you can find me, mostly on LinkedIn. Adam Connor and Authentic Avenue. Go follow both of those pages. And you can also send me an email, adam at authav.com, if you want to learn from me more directly, either about these episodes or how to create a podcast for your business. It's an increasingly creative and accessible way to bridge gaps in relationships, to do better business development, to recruit talent, all of the above. And I'd be happy to explain it. For now, I can't wait to explain how another fantastic business and leader defines and manifests authenticity today, carves their avenue to it. Until then, I've been Adam Connor, your host, signing off and saying until the next time I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.